0: Welcome back. Welcome back to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq Alameen. We are broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM, and we're streaming at WCEV1450.com. If you haven't already done so, make sure you are connected to us on social media. You'll find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Radio Islam USA. And make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, and TuneIn, just to name a few. Of those platforms, uh, and you'll find us at that same username at Radio Islam USA. So subscribe, rate, review, and most importantly, share. Right? Because if you're if you're a good person, and you got good people around you, you do what you share. That's right. All right. Before we get started, we want to thank our sponsors over at IFN and ICN, Islamic Foundation North and Islamic Center of Naperville. Thank you very much for your support. It is much appreciated. All right, folks, uh, what we're about to get into right now is not something that I take any pleasure in talking about. As a matter of fact, it's one of those things where you talk about it and people respond with, man, are you still talking about that? But the truth is, if things would just change, if people would simply act right, like they have some common sense, we wouldn't have to keep talking about the same stuff. We wouldn't have to. But because we have people who are so deeply committed, deeply committed, I mean, unbelievably committed to uh, acting in hate, acting through with 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 bigotry and bias uh, and negativity and thinking that they have the right to deny fellow citizens, other human beings Right. I just go, you know, I wouldn't even take the divine law. I'm just going to just look at what we as citizens of the United States of America, we are we are all inheritors of this uh, this treasure. That we refer to, and that is the United States Constitution, we're all inheritors of it and we're all protectors of it. Right? Whether you know it or not, we're all protectors of it. But we've got some folks who believe that some people do not deserve the protections that are afforded to each and every one of us. Now, a little earlier, I was looking at, I was watching the news, I was watching the, um, uh, what is it? I was watching the press conference from the commissioner of Philadelphia Police Department uh watching our commissioner talk about the 77 officers who had been taken off of the street and had now been placed on administrative duty desk duty right they're not interacting with the public and this has come about because of the work of a uh, a group online organization online effort called the Plain View Project and what they have done is they have compiled thousands upon thousands of public uh, social media posts by police officers. And this is across a number of different departments. But one of the departments that they've been looking at was Philadelphia. And what they've come up with was just a whole litany of posts that not only express racist and bigoted views, uh, but also promote violence against marginalized communities, promote violence against minority communities in the United States of America. Now, this is troubling for a number of reasons. Now, I know that first off, first off, we know that our police by and large, our police departments by and large are made up of dedicated, uh, hardworking individuals, not perfect people. None of us are perfect, but People who come to the job and they try to bring their best self and they try to make a difference in their communities, uh, and they do so with all earnestness and all sincerity. So we applaud them, right? And, and, and we appreciate them. Now that I've said that, it doesn't matter if it's 1% of your department that holds views like the views that got these 77 folks taken off of the street out of interaction with the public for the safety of the public. It's not for for their safety. It's for the safety of the it's, it's for the safety of the public that these 77 individuals are not on the street right now. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if that 77 represents one percent of the department or half a percent or a quarter of a percent doesn't matter. What matters, what really matters is that we have not gotten to a point where we can make that first statement about the majority of officers being sincere in their desire to give something to their communities, to make their communities a better, better space, to be in a position where they can speak up. They can advocate for uh, for the voiceless, where they can bring those who are running outside the lines of society, they can bring them to justice. We're not talking about them. We're talking about once we get to the point where we don't have to just say that, but we also understand that there is no room on our police departments for any other type of individual. There's no room on our police departments for any, any other mindset, any other mission, any other intention. There's no room at all. We have to have a strict zero tolerance policy when it comes to racist views, when it comes to bigotry, when it comes to the folks that want to fly the Confederate flag and talk about the good old days of, 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 of black folks in the field and and uh, uh, and, and lynchings and, and the KKK and talk about their great heritage, which is a heritage that is rooted in the degradation and uh, the brutal treatment. Of African-Americans. Now, of course, we're not just talking about African-Americans. I don't want you to think that I have this myopic view of what uh, of the views that these particular officers hold. Because these are the kind of folks who, well, it doesn't matter if you're if you're if you're black, if you're Muslim, if you're uh, if you're if you're gay, if you're um, if you're immigrant. Right. It doesn't matter what it is. If you are not them, then you are the enemy. Right, and they have a problem with you. But here's where this is going to get interesting. It's going to get interesting because the very document that we are all inheritors of. Right. The inher- we, are, we inherit its protections and we inherit the responsibility to protect it. The, that, that very document, the United States Constitution, it also states quite clearly Quite clearly, First Amendment, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. So what's going to be focused on here, here is not the bigotry, is not the calls to violence, is not the fact that these are people who have taken on oaths to protect, to serve, to do so with honor, right? That's not what's going to be brought up here. That's not what we're looking at. What we're looking at is we're going to have conversations initiated by by police union representatives that are going to point to the freedom of speech, right? This is a free country. We can say what we want to say and you can't tell us otherwise. That's one of the, the protections that we have been given as Americans. Well, I don't disagree. I'm gonna agree with that. But you can't do it as a police officer. You could talk all of the stuff you want to. You can hold as many little Klan rallies in your basement or with your little Klan friends. Right. Y'all can walk down the street and chant a little chance, but you can't do it as a representative of the people. You can't do that when the people don't all look like you, don't all believe like you. Don't have the same worldview as you, but they are all citizens of this country. They're all citizens, all protected by that same document that you want to point to that says that you have the freedom of speech. Absolutely, that's fine. But you can't do it as a police officer. And once we get to the point where our policymakers or our elected officials, where our police department leadership itself and the, the majority of good police officers that we always want to bring up when we have conversations like this, until they are at the point where they are advocating for that same zero tolerance policy, that there is no room. On the police department for people who hold those types of views. Until we get to that point, we're going to keep having the same conversation. The same, I don't want to say mock outrage, but the same same outrage. Because what good is it to have a majority of your police force that that will say are well intended and go about doing the job to the best of their ability. But you knowingly have amongst your ranks people that hold racist views and are willing to use the authority that they have been given to bring that that animus, to bring those those racist views to life. I mean, think about this, folks. Think about this. Think about how many people, one police officer in a bustling urban center Right. One of the biggest cities. Right. Just think about think about Detroit. Think about Chicago. Think about L.A., New York, Boston. Right. Think about one of these 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 larger cities. That has a. A population. Larger populations of minority communities. Think about how many people. One bad officer can come into contact with throughout a day. Think about how many lives are potentially at risk because you have this rabid racist who's been given a badge and a gun, patrolling the streets, looking for an opportunity to act on those biases, looking for an opportunity to act on that that bigotry and that racism. I mean, haven't we seen enough? I mean, haven't we seen enough uh, from the, the Tamir Rice to Michael Brown, Stefan Clark, Laquan McDonald, Eric Garner? I mean, we can go down the list. Philando Castile. For all of these individuals that we can name, and unfortunately, the individuals that we will name, we have to take a real stance on saying that there is no room for that type of speech in our police departments, on duty or off duty. And if you can't adhere to that, then you have no place in these departments. I don't want to hear any more apologies about this doesn't represent who we are. That sounds good. The proof is in the pudding. And if we're not willing to to demand more from those people who have been entrusted with so much. Then we're going to continue to have the same conversations over and over again. So let's take a note from what we're seeing right here. And there's a whole lot more that we need to talk about, but we just won't get into it right now. I mean, we could definitely get into the militarization of our police forces, military mindsets, this us against them. Uh, and, and then also how uh, how one of the biggest threats to the military right now, white nationalism, how it is encroaching upon our uh, those who have put on a uniform to serve the country also have these same types of attitudes towards minorities, towards non-whites. Now, this is only relevant because we got so many of our police now seem to be coming through this uh, pathway of military service. And of course, once again, this is not demonizing or categorizing our military in general as, uh, you know, as, as holding bigoted views. But what it is saying is that we've got to take a, uh, a, a really a tougher look at the people that are supposed to be protecting us. That's what it comes down to. We've got to take a tougher look. We've got to demand more from 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 those who have been given so much so uh so so that's it that's it we're gonna uh cut it here and hopefully we can come back and we can talk with some of the folks from the Plain View project because I think they're doing some great work that uh as we see Philadelphia 77 officers 22 in St Louis this is something that's gonna have a lot of implication for departments across the country and hope they're paying attention we have to get to that zero tolerance point and stop letting um stop letting police unions and officers hide behind this uh, misuse of first amendment you want to speak what you want don't do it with a badge on right go be a barista or whatever else anyway uh, we thank you all for joining us, and we want to thank our sponsors once again, IFN and ICN, and uh, we thank our engineers over at WCEV for making sure we come through loud and clear. I'm your host and producer, Tariq Alamine. Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. We remind you that the views expressed by the host and our guest are theirs and not to be taken as a representation of Sound Vision Foundation. With that, we are going to leave you as we greeted you. alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you.
1: Thank <music> you. Thank you.